But the idea is that today, tomorrow, next year, we'll get into a rhythm where we get our food, we, take, we talk to our friends, and we sit down for a, um, a snack. This isn't going to be a full um, meal. It's just a snack, and it's uh, an advertisement for this book. It looks different. This is an older copy. Uh, if anybody has a newer copy, if they could just raise it up. It's in the back there. Um, the newer copy, uh, better translation, maybe an easier translation. So uh, what we're going to do here is we're going to go through this. I have it in reverse colors just because I think it's easier to see. I'll do a different PowerPoint next time. Um, but here's, here it is. The, it's the basics of our salvation. St. Athanasius, he relies on Holy Scripture. And he brings the Scripture alive in a clear way. So that we can understand why did Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Word of God, equal with God, why did He pick the cross as the way of saving us? Was there any other way He could save us? Was there anything He could have done? And He's basically, it's like an apologetic text of that time because many people were saying, what's the point? Why didn't, why didn't God just allow Adam and Eve to repent? Why didn't He do other things? There were a bunch of things that were part of the um, uh, sort of challenges when it comes to why Jesus Christ did this. People were challenging Christianity. And so there's one, there's one warning. And this warning St. Athanasius puts at the very end of the book. He says, you cannot possibly understand the teaching of the saints unless you have a pure mind and are trying to imitate their life. This is a very important warning for us to proceed. So this is the beginning of understanding the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ um, and living a life worthy of the incarnation. The incarnation, this is an English word, we're going to start from the basics. Incarnation you guys, uh, incarnation means to take flesh, to become human, to become human. So Jesus became human, was incarnate uh, of the Virgin Mary. First question that we're going to deal with today, why did the Word or the Logos of God have to become human in order to save us? There were so many other different heresies. People were saying he was just pretending to be human. Like uh, he's pretending like he's human, but he doesn't feel the pain. He just looks like a human, but he's really God, uh, pretending to be human. Or he was, um, he was, everything in him was human except for the mind. The mind was God. Uh, so he wasn't completely human. It was starting off as a human, but the rest was God. Uh, these different things, I know in the way I'm teaching, a I'm teaching the heresy in order for you to understand the writing, but I, I trust me, there's a lot of good information here that you're going to benefit from. So he says we have to begin at the very beginning. We have to begin with the story of creation. Every Sunday school class, every kid, every child takes the story of Adam and Eve as children. And then by the time you get to high school, you don't really talk about Adam and Eve anymore. That's baby stuff. The kids will say, no, it's baby stuff. We don't want to talk about Adam and Eve anymore. And then when you get to be uh, in college and an adult, you never come back to the story of Adam and Eve to understand 
the depth and the wisdom of that story. The depth of that story carries in it the mystery of our salvation. If we understand the story of, the, of humanity in the very beginning, we understand uh, why Jesus Christ had to take flesh and to become human. The story is simple. It's in Genesis chapter 1. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, um, the creation of the world and specifically the creation of human beings. So God created everything through His Word. And this is, we have to understand the word, word, in the Greek we say logos, means the rationale, the mind. The rationale and the mind which is expressed through the words. It's expressed through the words. Keep this in mind. So when we say the Word of God, it doesn't just mean that Jesus Christ is the Word that flows out of the mouth of God. Because with God, there is no separation between His mind and His words. There is no way that God can be saying one thing and thinking another thing. We as humans, we have to, keep, we have to follow this example that our mind and our words are the same. So that when He says, let there be light... The Word of God, the Word of God is what creates the light. So God, as Trinity, is creating the world through His Word. And we say this in the liturgy. We say this in the liturgy. Meet and write, meet and write. Truly indeed, it is meet and write. O you, the being, Master, Lord, God of truth, being before the ages, reigning forever, who dwells in the highest and looks upon the lowly. We're talking to the Father who dwells in the highest and looks upon the lowly, who has created all things, visible and invisible, through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, by whom you have created all things, visible and invisible. Again, we kind of repeat. You created all things by your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who created all things, visible and invisible. And when we talk about visible and invisible, we mean visible, what we see, invisible, the angels, the spirits, that which is heavenly. So Jesus Christ, the Word of God, is the one who is creating. Of course, He's not creating separate from the Spirit or the Father. But we know that creation fell. Adam and Eve, humanity, fell. But God saves creation through His Word and saves... Um, the, and, and, and why is it through His Word that He saves us? This is the first point. is because the Word created us so it is the Word that saves us. Does that make sense? It wasn't the Holy Spirit that created us. The Holy Spirit was working, but it was the Word Himself, that person of the Holy Trinity, who was given uh, this task of creating us. And after we fell, He was the one to come and recreate us, to save us. We have to understand that when we talk about salvation, we talk about it with many different terms, one of them being recreation. He recreates us. Creation did not come, apart, come about spontaneously. So St. Athanasius talks about this. Otherwise, there would be no diversity. He'd say everything would be a foot, everything would be a moon, everything would be a sun, there would be no diversity. And it wasn't that matter pre-existed. Even back then, in the 5th century, St. Athanasius was talking about uh, sorry, in the 4th century, St. Athanasius was talking about pre-existing matter because that's what the people that studied under Plato, the philosophers, they believed. There was pre-existing matter and that's what was used. And this pre-existing matter would mean that God was not God. If He needed something, 
then he's not God. He's not the creator. So God creates everything out of nothing. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Hebrews 11.3, and this is where I tell you how he uses lots of scripture. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. There you have it. So that what is seen was not made out of things which appear. And there was a famous early book, um, commonly read among the early Christians. It was revered very much called Shepherd of Hermas. And it said, first of all, believe that God is one and created all and framed all things and made them from non-existence into being. So God is good. And he makes all things through his word, our Lord Jesus Christ. Humans, out of his mercy, are created according to his image. And this is Genesis 1.27, very important. He, they are created according to his image and likeness, right? Remember that. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, he's talking. Let us create man according to our image and according to our likeness. And in verse 27, he creates them according to his image. And, and St. Athanasius writes and says, giving them a share of the power of his own word, so that having shadows of the word and being made rational, they might be able to abide in blessedness, living the true life, which is really that of the holy ones in paradise. So we see here, why did he create humans? He created humans and he gave them a touch of his of himself, it says a shadow of the word, created in the image and likeness of God, so that with their minds they could contemplate God and they could live true and holy lives in paradise. They were meant and created to be with Him. God's grace is seen here from the very beginning. You know that song, Amazing Grace, right? That saved a wretch like me we would fast forward and say, grace does not come into the picture on the cross. Grace, grace came into the picture at the very beginning of time. He created us, and that was His grace. And He gave us of His Word, according to His image. It says, that was His grace. He allowed us to share in the power of His own Word. That was His grace. He allowed us to live a blessed life in paradise. That was His grace. And He gave us free will. That was His grace. Every one of those is very important. Every one of those showed us free gift and of His love and of His goodwill. And with free will, God gave humans an advantage to secure the grace, to keep the grace. He didn't keep them confused. He gave them a law. Don't eat of this fruit. He gave them a place. Stay here. Paradise. Don't go outside paradise. And He gave them a promise of incorruptibility. The promise of incorruptibility. Because the, the promise was there because they, if they lived away from this tree in paradise, they would continue with him. But disobedience comes. And what does disobedience do when, when Adam and Eve eat of the fruit? It brings them back to their natural state. We're going to use this word natural, not like we use it today. Natural is what was originally meant, what was originally created. So with humans, they were created out of nothing. So that means if they're created out of nothing, then everything goes back to its original place. It goes back to its original creation, which is to be nothing. The humans were created naturally 
to be with God. And so they were able to rise above that through their union with God, through their union with God, through His only begotten Son, the, or the Word of God. Not, we're, we're not going to use Jesus Christ yet, but the Word of God. Does that make sense? So you, you have a lamp that's not plugged in. The lamp is capable of producing light, but it must be plugged in. If you unplug it, it goes back to its, its working parts, which everything works, but it doesn't have that source of power. Like us as humans, we don't have that source of humility, of, of, etern, of eternal life or immortality within us. We don't have it. We're not self-sustaining. We are going to die. We were created out of something. That means it'll go to its natural state after the fall. And so there was the first point, physical corruption. Second point, exile from paradise, separation from God. Third point, dying outside of paradise means remaining in death. St. Athanasius says that the promise, you shall surely die, in the time that you eat this fruit, you shall surely die, means you remain in the corruption of death. So if humans were naturally corruptible, do you know that word corruptible too? To be able to become destroyed. And we say in the liturgy, O God, the great, the eternal, who formed man without corruption, or you formed man in incorruption. But that was only through His Word. Here, we are naturally mortal and not eternal. How would, would we uh, have survived in paradise? So what would have happened? In paradise, we were created in the likeness of God. We were guarding that image within us and meditating on God. We were keeping His law. And in Wisdom 6.18 says that keeping of the law... The keeping of the law is, uh, it, it, it gives incorruptibility. I'm paraphrasing, forgive me. But essentially through imitating, through, sorry, essentially through an intimate relationship with the Word of God, this is how we remained immortal. And this gave us immortality and, and our humanity was able to be without corruption. St. Athanasius writes, they were corruptible by nature, but escaping their na natural state by the grace of participation in the word had they remained good, had they remained good. And so there became a divine dilemma. This dilemma was, the law is placed, humanity decided to disobey the law, death entered into the world, God's creation from the beginning was to disappear, disappear into non-existence. And so God had to decide, excuse me, God had to decide what to do. And there were four solutions. Let me see if I can... Um... There were four solutions, four initial solutions that were all unfitting either to God's nature, to God's goodness, was unfitting to God's nature or God's goodness, uh, or His promise. So, basically He said, you do this crime, you do this sin, you will die. So could God cancel His law? No. If He canceled the law that He initially created, if He just said, okay, just kidding, I'll give you a second chance, then He's a liar. And then the truth does not abide in God. If He allowed humanity to be destroyed, okay, you guys sinned, you're going to die. I'll start over after you're all dead. That would not be according to His goodness. And also, it would be improper that God's image should be destroyed by humanity's negligence, 
and by the devil's deceit. Why then would he have created them to begin with? And lastly, what if he allowed them to repent? Repentance, like Adam and Eve, they say, okay, we're sorry, we promise we won't do it again. He said, no, because true repentance just means you cease from sinning. And what happens, though, is that the effects of the sin remain. Just because I um, rob a store and I say sorry about it, I still have to pay the price of robbing the store. I still have to pay the penalty for that. And remember, I want, this isn't in St. Athanasius, but I just want you to remember. Remember when Moses, when God went to Moses and said, I will destroy these people and I'll start new with you. And he said, no. He said, no. And in that, in that way, he was acting like God. And I mean that in, in, a, in, a, in a humble way. He was imitating God who did not destroy Adam and Eve in the very beginning. So humanity now is deprived of the grace of being in the image of God. You can say that that, that image of God became slightly marred or marred within us, uh, not completely erased, but now we were corruptible and separated from God. Who could save humanity? Only a person who could recreate humanity? Only a person who was incorruptible in and of himself? Only a person who was united with God, which was only the Word of God, who could come down. He was the one that initially created. He could recreate. He was the one that is incorruptible and eternal. He is the one that is united with God the Father. And so we have in becoming God-man, that's how we talk about Jesus Christ, as God-man. In becoming God-man, Jesus Christ forms a bridge in Himself between humanity and God. There was separation from sin. And Jesus Christ in His own person, we say in the incarnation, the incarnation, when He began to take flesh, He unites the heavenly and the earthly. And this is of course why we talk about St. Mary as being the second heaven, because when God, Jesus, when Jesus Christ was in her womb, this became a place of the divine. And He's also human because He takes flesh from her. And He forms this bridge and He divides what St. Paul writes in, the, in his letter to the Ephesians. He says there's a dividing, He breaks down the middle wall that is between us and God. And the divine word of the Father took a body like our own, united it with Himself, and He surrendered His body to death in place of all and offered it to the Father to make us alive through death by what is called by the appropriation of His body and by the grace of His resurrection. Basically, He does all of that in Himself for us. He takes our flesh, so He represents all of us when He dies. Even before that, He represents all of us when He went into the waters of the Jordan and He received the Holy Spirit. He received it for all of humanity. And our salvation begins with this incarnation. If our natural state, if we became fallen, He raised us up by He Himself taking our flesh. And uh, the Word Himself could not die, of course. God could not die. So He united Himself with a body capable of death. And this union with a single human body 
was such that it affected all of humanity, both past and future. Only four, three more slides. God made man so that he could conquer death and give us the hope of resurrection. Now we no longer die as men conquered by death, but as men uh, who have already begun to rise and are waiting for the general resurrection of the dead. So in, no, in becoming man, he first he saves us by, by taking the penalty of the law on himself. He saves us by uniting the heavens and the earth, by uniting humanity with his divinity. But he also does another thing. Because when we left, when we were kicked out of the gospel, out of the out of paradise, we lost the knowledge of God. And knowledge in the Old Testament, it can be understood in at least in two ways. But most importantly, knowledge means intimate relationship. I always say this. Abraham knew Sarah and she conceived. Abraham knew his, his, her, his wife and she conceived. Right? Knowledge means intimate connection, intimate relationship. So when you know somebody, you know them very closely. You don't know about them, but there's an intimate relationship. And that is the knowledge that we lost when we were kicked out of paradise. By the way, fast forward to the book of Revelation. The Lamb is the bridegroom, and we are the bride. And we are returning to that intimacy or that knowledge again, that, that theme carries through. Humanity forgot about God, stopped looking up to God, stopped calling on God, began to look at things like, hey, big tree over here, this must be a God. Sun in heaven gives us light and fire, and all this other, that's God. Or, and basically looked at creation. And we as humans, St. Athanasius says it beautifully, became dehumanized. This is the problem with society today. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. But humanity, when we left the garden, became not human. We're no longer human. To be human is to be a saint, to be normal, to be in a relationship with God, to know God. That was what humanity was created to be. Now we are no longer human. So Jesus Christ comes to restore that knowledge again to us. And, and, a, and a great way of understanding this, you can read this at home, is Romans chapter 1 from verse 18 to the end, talking about the fall. That not only did we sin, okay, let's say Adam and Eve, they sinned. It could have stopped there. But humanity continued to invent sins. Inventing sins. Cain and Abel immediately begin to kill, you know, Cain immediately kills his brother. This was an invention of sin. The sins of Sodom and Gomorrah, invented, and so on and so forth. Humanity did not stop, but kept spiraling out of control. And God sent the law. First, the law that was written in their hearts. Second, He gave them a law. He actually said, okay, your hearts are not working, not calibrated. Let me write this down for you. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not steal. And all, not just the Ten Commandments, but all the law of the Old Testament. They still felt. He sent them prophets. And they still didn't listen. Finally, he himself came. And the way that St. Athanasius puts it is beautiful. It says, like a president traveling around the country to drum up support and stir up everyone's allegiance, Jesus Christ came down and took flesh to again have humans recall him as maker, Lord, and God. And in another way, St. Athanasius says, humans 
were contemplating nature and creation and worshipping the things that were in front of them. So God decided to become created. God took human flesh so that we could see Him, we could hear Him, we could touch Him. God was saying, I'll meet them halfway. If they're not going to look up to me, I'm going to come down to them. And this word kenosis in Greek, condescension in English, is a major theme in our salvation. Man turns from contemplating God, so Jesus Christ comes to again restore the knowledge of God. Hey, remember God in heaven? That's the one we're supposed to be worshipping. He is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. St. Athanasius notes that as man, the Word did not cease being God, and this is important. He did not cease to direct the universe by his mind and his might. And we have this in our Tizbah. Um, uh, he who is in the bosom of the Father at all times came down. We say this, and even uh, we say this in our hymns. He did not cease to be divine, but came and became the Son of, of Man. He did not cease to be defined. This is in one of the Theotokeias uh, during the week. So St. Athanasius, um, there's a, a point there that's um, beyond our, our topic today, but, but essentially the two things are the fall of man, Jesus Christ repairing that fall, and, and coming to restore the knowledge of God. This is the first 18 sections of this book. Uh, for those of you who have read or haven't read, I've given you a pretty good summary. You can go back and read it, and it's, um, uh, it's, it's really wonderful. It's easy, I believe, to see how he writes. If there's anyone that has questions, feel free to ask. But next week, we're going to continue on. It's a shorter section for next week. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's section 19 to um, something in the 30s, maybe 20s. Uh, something in the 30s. So it'll be in the email and hopefully you guys will take advantage of this and read it. Any, any questions even from what I just said? Does it make sense? Is there something I could do to make it helpful? Uh, or make it more... Und you have to understand, I, I have read this so many times. I've taken classes on it. I sometimes forget to where everybody's level is. It's my own, and, and, and I don't mean to talk above you. I really want you to understand it. So if I am talking above you, just let me know. And if there's a word that you don't understand, don't be afraid to ask. But the concepts, the main concepts that I want you to understand, that, that salvation begins with Jesus Christ, that first sorry, grace begins with our creation, and salvation, what Christ is doing, is undoing what happened in paradise. And there's lots that we could talk about. I'm just focusing on St. Athanasius in these first 18 chapters. Clear? Okay, the test is next week. Yeah. At one point, will you share the presentation with us? Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah, this presentation, I can, I can send it out, and hopefully every week I'll be able to, to do this. It takes a lot of effort from my wife to take the kids and put them in some corner or take them out or deal with them so I can sit and type otherwise. So you, what you see here is a product of a whole family, right? Marsha working so I can... Um, yeah, my... The angels? Yeah, the creation of angels, for example. Um, 
So there's a, it's a big topic. Um, a simple answer that I, I haven't myself been able to master, but this is what I've understood. The creation of angels, there was, on, and, and it goes, there's, there's different ideas behind it, but it, creation of angels, there was a point where they were able to decide. They were given a free will. Um, and when they fell, they, were, they have this... Um, they have immortality, uh, but not immortal in the same nature as, as Christ, as na- same nature as God, who there was no beginning to God. There was a beginning to these angels, and, uh, but there will be a judgment. Um, I think that's what you're trying to get at, the, the mortality versus immortality. Now, one of the fathers of the church, it might have even been Origen, and I might be going into a realm that's what he got in trouble for, but one of them said that humans... And angels were created out of the same substance and just placed in different places. Now, I, I have a feeling that that's not altogether um, accurate, but what I'd say from that is angels are not allowed to change their mind after the, the, the judgment was, was rendered on them, and they're fallen and they're waiting for, uh, they're waiting for the judgment when they, uh, the, especially the demons, will be judged. Um, but I, one of these days I'll do more of a research and a study with all of you on angels. I don't mind doing that. Okay, thank you all. I appreciate you uh, allowing us to do this. And let's continue to do this. This is only going to be for this month of December. And then um, January, uh, depending, we might take a break in January. But beginning of Great Lent, I already know some of the books that we're going to read uh, from St. John Chrysostom. So um, please encourage yourself. If you don't get the newsletter and want it, you can uh, let me know. The newsletter has an audio copy of this book, so you can listen to it on your commutes. It's not the best, but it's better than nothing. Um, and then the copies of the book are in the back. Go in peace, the peace of the Lord be with you.